Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Susan Genesco. And here's a bit about Susan. Susan Genesco is the founder of Style for Substance, which is a platform for booking short, reasonably priced Zoom appointments with vetted independent personal stylists who are themselves small businesses. And without further ado, Please welcome Susan Genesco to GEMS Podcast. Delighted to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity today. My pleasure. So Susan, I want to start off by understanding what exactly is Style for Substance and why did you choose this name? Sure. Yeah. So Style for Substance is a personal stylist website. It's a place to get receive personal stylist services. And it was built by a customer, me, uh, for other customers with customers in mind. So when I tried to receive these services on the market, I wasn't able to find what I was looking for. Uh, And as a result, I decided, you know what, I'm going to build it. I'm going to build what I would like to see in the marketplace. And that is Style for Substance. The idea behind the name was that I wanted to convey the fact that This is for people who are putting a little bit more thought into their wardrobe, into their appearance, uh, their style versus just fashion. And I think that um, this, the, everything kind of underlies this, this idea of sustainability as well. So the, the more thought you put into your wardrobe and your appearance, I think the, the more confidence you gain and the less most people feel the need to shop or to overconsume. So it's all sort of bundled together with that name. That was the, the thought. Nice. But why the name substance? Was there a deeper meaning behind substance? Well, I think a lot of people are familiar with, with the phrase, but just try to, trying to take it in a little bit different direction. So this is essentially style for people who have a lot of other things going on. So this is this company is trying to present style to folks who maybe have big jobs or big responsibilities, and they just don't have time to focus their, their lives on trying to uh, organize their wardrobes or maybe put a lot of time into how do I look this is a, a place for folks to go. So for example, many people these days don't learn how to change their own oil. They go to somebody who is an expert at changing oil. Exactly. Um, and so this, this site, this is an opportunity for people to go get quick, convenient, cost-effective style advice. And you don't have to put the time or energy and effort into kind of trying to figure it out all on your own. Nice. And who would you say your ideal avatar is? Sure. So, I mean, I I definitely created the company to fill the need that I felt was lacking. So certainly at the beginning, I was thinking of myself or people like me. Um, You know, I'm in my 40s. I have a a young child. uh, I have a lot of responsibilities. I wear a lot of different hats. And so 
that is, I guess, kind of the, the baseline of it. And then from there, I think um, we, we're looking at people who potentially live in uh, maybe uh, mid-size or larger size cities. Uh, we're looking at um, folks who uh, know it's important to look good, but don't necessarily want to put all of the effort in to get there. Nice. And then with you um, being the solution to many people's problems, because you wanted something on the market, it wasn't there. And you said, you know what, why not create it and be the solution to my own problem? But before you got to where you are, what did your life look like prior? Because you just mentioned you wear many hats. Sure. Yeah. So I'm actually a pharmacist. I have uh, specialty in geriatrics, uh, board certified in geriatrics, and I have a law degree as well. And so I have, I, I, I was, um, I was, I was trying to do a lot of different things and and trying to coordinate that into a role that that made sense and present myself in a certain way. What I was finding is that it was very very difficult for me to. I, I guess I came after it with this idea that if I just know what I'm talking about none of the rest of it will matter, you know, or it'll just fall into place. This is what people in this job kind of wear, but I wasn't allowing any of my personality to shine through in those in, in that wardrobe. And I was also getting yanked around all the time by different uh, fashions, thinking that, oh, you know, now I need to buy this new thing. Um, thinking, you know, every time I heard another idea about how to create a capsule wardrobe or this, you know, I, I was tossing out a bunch of things and then buying a bunch of new things. So before, bef- before this, uh, essentially, I, I found myself in a number of different positions where I maybe wasn't presenting myself in the best light. I was wearing things that were maybe a little bit inappropriate for the events that I was going to. Uh, I, was, I felt uncomfortable when I was up on stage presenting because I was thinking about, you know, the length of my skirt or whether or not something was flattering on me when really at that point, you need to let go and just allow for your message to shine through. And that was, it was a tough and disappointing and I knew that I needed some help, but I wasn't exactly sure where to get it. And why did you feel so much pressure with trying to wear certain clothes in order to fit in because if you try to fit in with what everyone else is wearing it doesn't allow you to stand out and allow your inner glow as well as your outer glow to show up because then you're just gonna be just a mere person in the crowd that looks like everyone else like we had a running joke for example my background to oil and gas and energy so I was in the field for 12 years and we're like, oh, that's a blue shirt guy because oil and gas guys, they typically wear blue collar shirts, white shirts. They wear a certain, certain um, pants and then these shoes that they wear, there's something Adams, Edmund, Adam, Edmund Allen's or something like that. So you're like, you could kind of depict an engineer from a geophysicist or a geoscientist or et cetera, just based on how they look. But if you see another engineer that does something different, then you're like, hmm, I wonder what he does. Yeah, I definitely felt that. I felt a, a strong sense of this is where, or this is what, this is what somebody who has my job should wear. And it felt like wearing a, a uniform or a mask because I felt like 
somebody with this job should wear pinstripe suits. So I went out and bought pinstripe suits, but then that didn't feel right because that isn't me. So I was constantly kind of chasing this idea, but never really knew how to, how to think about what, how to kind of marry the, what, what's me and what I do for a living and what, what would be considered appropriate within sort of those bounds. And that is, I think the marriage of those two things is, is what I was always kind of chasing, but never really was able to find. Ah, nice. And then, but you also threw us for a wild card because you mentioned you're a pharmacist with a law degree and a pharmacist dress is totally different than a lawyer would dress. So why did you choose to get a law degree in addition to you being a pharmacist? Yeah, so I had actually done a little bit of work um, overseas. I had um, spent some time in, in Uganda working with HIV and TB patients. And that experience was it. it absolutely life-changing in that you recognize that there are problems that an individual clinician cannot solve. And I realized at that point that as much as I loved what I was doing, I wanted to work on the the policies that were underlying or underpinning some of the, the problems that I saw there. And so I became very passionate about this idea of working in public policy and healthcare policy specifically, which is what I do. So it, that's how I kind of moved through. And certainly my, my wardrobe was terrible as a pharmacist because you can just put on a long white coat and, and um, you know, it, it, there are a lot of, of wardrobe, you know, uh, ridiculous wardrobe blunders that, that got covered up by that white coat. But, um, at, you know, moving further into my career, that just wasn't a possibility anymore. And I think I had sort of, you know, all through all of those years of school relied very heavily on things like sweatpants and then was unable to really make that transition out into the, the, the workforce when I was then expected to present myself in a professional way. And I, I sort of missed the boat. And now that you have made that transition and people have obviously noticed a difference in your wardrobe, what are some of the questions you get and how do you weave in style for substance? Yeah, I guess when, when somebody dresses well, you don't necessarily notice the clothes. You notice the person and you appreciate them as a whole. That's the idea. If you're noticing the clothes, it's probably not being done quite right. You want to, somebody to see you and to think, wow, like that makes, you know, she looks great, but you wouldn't necessarily say, wow, that's, that's a wonderful outfit. Where did you get that jacket? It's just, it fits you. And so I think that's the idea is that I don't necessarily want to dress so that people notice a specific item of clothing. I want to dress in a way that's so complimentary to me, my personality, my, my coloration, all of that, that people will just say, wow, she looks great. I want to look my best, not necessarily, you know, uh, dressing things that people will, will notice or identify or pull out. So I, I feel more confident as I go into situations. I don't necessarily hear, except for maybe from family members who have known me throughout this whole journey, uh, wow, that, that, you, you know, like that's, that's a great outfit. 
uh, they all, they're also aware that I'm, you know, started this company, but in general, I think more of what comes across is just, yeah, you know, like she looks put together, which was always sort of the goal. Nice. And it says, um, you dress how you want to be addressed and where you're going is one of the sentiments I have heard. And when you think about your business and what you have built so far, what are some of the core pillars around style for substance? Sure. Yeah. When I, so I spent about a year thinking about this concept because I, I certainly didn't feel like I was the right person to start this company. And I did a lot of research and a lot of thinking behind whether or not I really wanted to take all of this on. And as part of that, I kind of set up a framework, which included four different pieces of what I wanted the company to look like when it was all done. And the first piece is, and I think this is probably the most important part of any kind of uh, business, you want to make sure that the service that you're providing is, is quality. So it, a high value kind of service. And in that, I'll say, we do not just pick up anyone off the street who has decided on, on a random Tuesday that they're a personal stylist or an image consultant, and then ask them to join. We've been extremely careful about the stylists and image consultants that we've, we've asked to, um, to join the site. And uh, across the board, their, their experience, there are varying levels of experience because we want to make sure that this is accessible across multiple budgets. And I'll get into that in just a minute, but everyone on the site, you can rest assured is experienced. They all have, many of them have certifications in the field. They have years of experience. And we trust that despite the fact that they have different philosophies and views on personal styling and image consulting and how to, to provide those services, you're going to get a high quality service from that person. So that's number one. I touched on the second one just a second ago, which was cost. So I want something that is accessible across a wide variety of budgets that was extremely important to me because I remember being 20 years old or 22 years old, 25, and not having any money and not having any idea where to start when I was starting to interview for jobs or trying to look or dress more professionally, go on dates, all of those things. I had no idea how to flatter me. Um, I spent a number of years thinking that I needed to wear white, you know, I needed to have a, a base wardrobe of white and black because that's what everybody hears. But I'll tell you, that's not really that flattering on me and my skin tone. So it's, it's kind of, um, that would have been something, an intervention that could have come into my life much earlier. And I probably could have swung, you know, the, the 40 bucks it would have cost to, you know, talk to a stylist and hear, hey, you know what, maybe you want to take a look more in, in these color palettes versus, you know, this one and this one that everybody's kind of told that they need to buy. So we have people at varying levels of experience. They're in varying parts of the country so that multiple people can generally afford, afford some level of appointment. And we've also set it up much different than what you'll generally see in the industry, which is when you know, I eventually got to the point where I hired a personal stylist and a personal stylist, I didn't know who was good because anybody can literally wake up tomorrow and call themselves by that uh, title. So I chose one of the best ones in the area. I live in Washington, DC. 
And she was hundreds of dollars an hour. And the first appointment needs to be for three to four hours. That's kind of the industry standard. That's how they, that, that is generally how, if you're working with an individual personal stylist, the first meeting takes place. And first of all, that's way out of most people's budgets. Even if you can afford it, many people wouldn't want to put in the time uh, or the energy or effort that it takes to, to go through that process. So we have actually set this up in a more consumer-friendly way where if you want, you can get a 10-minute appointment. You can get a 25-minute appointment. You can get a 40-minute appointment or a 55-minute appointment. And our 10-minute appointments, fantastic for I'm about to do something that's a major life event or I want to look great for this date. Can you tell me if, do, do I look good? You know, should I switch out my shoes? Should I, you know, tamp down the makeup a little bit? Whatever it is, can you just uh, help me make sure that I look my best so that I can walk out this door and know that I look as good as I could possibly look tonight. And I'm going to have that confidence as I leave the door and go about my evening. So that's, that's a great use of those short appointments. And then as appointments get longer and longer, we can do more comprehensive type services. So that's a, another kind of facet to the business is we wanted to make sure that it was cost-effective. And convenience was another aspect, and that goes back to the timeframes as well that the appointments are associated with. It also goes to the fact that these are Zoom appointments. You can schedule them online. You can go online, search for, take a look at the stylist that we have, and book right there. You don't have to call anybody up. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be um, a, a big to-do. You can schedule 10 minutes with us tomorrow. And we wanted to make sure that it was easy um, and efficient for you to do so. And so this is, all of these things are kind of um, part of the business. What really, what really uh, drove me to kind of putting this business out there was actually the fourth point, which is that I wanted to make sure that the advice people got was honest. And that doesn't sound like it should be that hard. Um, it sounds like that should be what, what underlies all personal style advice. I mean, kind, certainly, but honest. And unfortunately, it's not. So I started where many people started uh, when they're interested in personal style services. I started with uh, like boxes, personal style boxes. And while those are often portrayed as personal style services or personal stylist uh, services, what that is, is it, they sell you clothing. So it's essentially kind of like a retailer environment where they, they try to sell you a box of clothing. I mean, that's, that's not a huge surprise to most people, right? Um, but what I was finding is even when I gave very specific requests, it really didn't change what I was getting in my boxes. And I often, I was to the point where I had no idea, is this all white outfit, is this does my personal stylist really feel like this is going to be flattering on me? Because I don't really think it is. Or is this an opportunity for them to get rid of stock that has been sitting there? And when those things, when the, the, there are conflicts of interest that are in the system and just built into the way the company runs, you can't ever get an honest opinion that, that's sort of uh, free of those conflicts of interest. And that actually works, it's, has now worked its way all the way across the system, across every 
cost, um, you know, low cost to high cost services. Now, personal stylists, they are in general signed up with companies that allow for them to hand out um, uh, coupon or uh, sponsored codes. A lot. So when you buy a piece of clothing, when you buy an item that that stylist or image consultant has recommended for you, you're going to have a sponsored code come along with that. And that individual is going to make money based on whether or not you purchase. So they are, again, incentivized to encourage you to buy. And some of those incentives can get very large. Uh, I have uh, references that they can be up to 60% of the purchase price of the item which is a huge incentive for that stylist to perhaps recommend something to you that you don't really need. So the idea here was, hey, let's use what you have in your closet first. Let's see if we can make the most of what is already there. And then, and only then, let's talk about whether or not you really need to buy something. And if you are desperately in need or, or want, just love the idea of buying something new for, for a particular event, that's not a problem. We can recommend something and you can rest assured that it is a real recommendation. It's honest and there are no conflicts of interest because we do not contract with any retailers or um, manufacturers and our stylists are contractually obligated not to receive any benefits from the recommendations that they make. And I'm glad that you are taking that away from the conflicts of interest because there are so many affiliate programs right now and those residual programs. And um, also with the box services like Stitch Fix and some of the other ones, I wanted to ask you with your service because it's definitely personable and you definitely really want to focus on the individual and your client and making sure that you give them the best option for them and when you think about that, who are your competitors in the market and how do you differentiate yourself from those competitors? Because every time somebody tries something, someone's like, oh, wow, that's a good idea. And they want to have the copycat and do something similar. But of course, they're missing certain metrics. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so it, I guess it depends on how you frame the, the question, right? So I mean, in feel a, free to, sorry, one second, feel free to reframe the question if it makes it easier to answer, Susan. Sure. Yeah. So I think if you frame it um, very, very broadly, I think you could consider a company like Stitch Fix a competitor. But what I would argue is that this is sort of an add-on service, it can be used as an add-on service. If you love receiving those boxes, you get a huge dopamine hit from the, the big box out on your porch once a month or whatever it is, and you love opening the thing up, well, then you can actually call us up, schedule a call, and try on what you're thinking about keeping. And you can get an honest opinion about whether or not, you know, that that's really a flattering item for you or whether, you know, it works with some of the other items that you have in your wardrobe and it's going to be a good um, purchase. So, you know, in a way, I, I, I don't really consider them a competitor. I, I think of, of them as sort of, um, uh, we could be considered kind of an add-on to, to if you're going to go in that direction. Now, certainly there are individual stylists who are out there on the market and they often offer services where they'll come to your house and go through every item in your wardrobe. And having done that myself, that can be a lot of fun. There, there are advantages to that. Some color 
uh, analysis, you can do that online now pretty effectively, but um, some people like to do that more in person. So again, that's it's it's similar, um, but a little bit different. So again, we don't do anything in person. It's all over Zoom. And then there are a couple of companies out there that are offering Zoom appointments, but again, they they're trying to ha they have multiple um, income streams because they're lining up with uh, clothing sales opportunities. So they're often I, I signed up for one and I said, listen, I have a four year old. I have, um, you know, enough really in my closet. It's fine if you identify a few you know, places where here and there we can we can um, buy something that I'm totally OK with that. But for the most part, I'd like to use what I have and just you know, make the most of it. Um, and I was recommended a, a big, like a vision board. Um, with thousands of dollars of all white clothing. And it was a lovely vision board, but ridiculous for the mother of a small child. Uh, and also the, the money that I said that I wanted to spend on that particular, um, you know, at that particular time. So again, it's, I, I think those conflicts of interest tend to, to damage the, the relationship and they tend to uh, affect the quality of the recommendations that you're getting. And thank you for sharing that. And I like how you said you consider it as an add-on or as you were talking, I was like, it's almost complimentary to some mm -hmm. of those other services. And as we wind down, Susan, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with a call to action for this segment. Sure, I would say, what I want for everyone who's listening to this is to feel happy and confident with how you present yourself to the world. I think there are a lot of different ways to get there. And if you'd like to check us out on Instagram, if you'd like to try out a service, maybe just start with 10 minutes, that would be wonderful. And we'd be delighted to have you. Um, Style for Substance is a small business. And, and as you noted at the be beginning in the intro, we work with many, many primarily women-owned small businesses as well. And we'd all appreciate your business and the opportunity to kind of show you what we can do. And how can our listeners and viewers um, connect with you, Susan? What's your website and where do you hang out on social media? Sure. We're at styleforsubstance.com and we primarily use Instagram and we're just at styleforsubstance. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS podcast. You just heard Susan Janesco talk about all things Style for Substance. You can look good and feel good without breaking the bank by connecting with people who would give you transparent feedback on your clothing attire. Remember, you don't have to go out and spend a ton of money to fit in and look like the Jones because when you look like everyone else, you blend in with the, with the crowd. So embrace your inner creativity and allow your light to shine outwardly and have fun with everything that you wear and hold your head up high, walk with confidence and take ownership because you got this and you are flawlessly created. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment with family and friends. We're on 40 plus platforms 
and follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kim for all things video content. And until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of Gems Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to Gems Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services could be here on GEMS Podcasts.